Hello, friends, and welcome to the next episode of the Brainstorm Podcast. Today's guest, we sit down with Dr. John Camp, who is an amazing pharmacist with a holistic approach. An all-around great dude. We cover a variety of different topics. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. Sorry, say it again? You lived in Morris Plains. Is that what it was? Yeah, so I lived in Morris Plains for 26 years of my life. So I'm over in uh, Powder Mill. That's where my parents live. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, and you had the pharmacy for how long? For seven years now. Okay, and it's in Morristown? Mendham. Mendham, Mendham, okay. okay. You know where the Black Horse Tavern is? Yes. Yes, right next to it. Wow, amazing. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, small I, world. Yeah, right? Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, so, I've I kind of met you kind of sort of through uh, Vivon, through like the whole CBD thing. Right. Um, and... Which is interesting. So, like, for people that are listening, like, you know, tell us a little about yourself and, you know, how you got involved in CBD and what exactly that is you do. And because we all know you're a pharmacist, but I feel like you have, you do a little more than most when it comes to pharmacy. I feel like you, I mean, from my understanding, from what I've read from you and what I've seen you post, you definitely have more knowledge than some of the pharmacists I spoke to before. Right. Um, so, I've been a pharmacist uh, since 2006. And okay. From the get-go, when I first started pharmacy, I was not really interested in doing regular traditional pharmacy in the sense that I have to work for CVS or Walgreens. Mm -hmm. So I actually was had an interest in doing compounding, and that was basically my core training of doing customized medication for patients. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. from, from sterile to non-sterile uh, medications that uh, my pharmacy was actually compounding. Uh, we're still doing that, uh, minus the... Um, sterile portion because of the rules and have changed quite drastically that nowadays is not very proper for us to even do that and so we end up having to outsource the productivity for sterile compounds like injections like methylcobalamin injections uh, i think in your office you end up having to use some of these um uh mic injections i'm not sure if you're doing that or not but yeah. I know a lot of so i actually have taken even a sorry sorry go ahead okay yeah so i know some of the chiropractors they end up having to do that in their office uh, even just functional medicine doctors, they do that also. So we were doing that quite a bit. And then in you know, 2012, the whole market changed ever since the uh, New England compounding pharmacy had occurred. And there were a number of deaths uh, that actually occurred because of negligences that actually had um, caused by the pharmacy. Uh, and so a lot of things have changed from the FDA standpoint and how the pharmacy is really, really running these days. Um, and that goes hand to hand with the state regulation as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's what I was doing uh, for last, you know, I'm going to be a pharmacist for 13 years. Uh, and then um, from the get-go, what I wanted to do was not just doing compounding, also being a business owner and as was a pharmacist, but also in dealing with functional medicine. So I did a uh, three-year fellowship in anti-aging and functional medicine through A4M. Wow. Uh, so that's basically things that I have a real big interest in. Uh, in doing functional medicine, uh, preventive mm -hmm. medicine for that matter, hormone replacement therapy, thyroid, uh, looking at some of the chronic disease states, looking at autoimmune disorders, autism. Uh, so even weight loss for that matter, it, it plays into effect. I mean, you and I know in terms of the, just even look at the metabolic issues that some of these patients that end up having, it's not just about having to lose weight, but there's also underlying issues that you end up having to see. Absolutely. Toxicity is a big one. Uh, maybe genetic disorder, uh, and et cetera. 
Um, so you have to look at the aspect of the patient as a whole instead of just kind of piecemealing together, which is happening a lot in, in medicine. And that's where the whole broken system that's happening right now. And I don't think a lot of patients are getting better. In many cases, patients are getting worse. Um, so that's what I've been concentrating on. Now, in terms of getting into the whole CBD realm was that back in 2015, I was approached by a venture capital group in New York City to run their medical marijuana dispensary. Um, and so I had this uh, plan to even just uh, go into this big opportunity. Uh, unfortunately, I had a heart attack in 2015. Oh and then uh, the plan actually completely changed. Uh, and I soon found out that some of the underlying cardiac issues that she had was caused by Bartonella infection, which is a tick-borne illness that actually can be transmitted mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. And especially when you're talking about uh, North Jersey, even New Jersey alone, in New York and even Connecticut, there's a high level of Lyme disease getting um, transmitted by tick bite. But at the same time, you're not talking about some of the co-infections that can be coming into dealing with Bartonella, Babesia, some of the viral issues, and as well as uh, my, um, mycotoxins that patients might be end up having to suffer from. These are a number of things that I end up having to carry on myself. I didn't even know about it until, you know, obviously stressful things happening at work. Uh, and then, um, you know, and then all of a sudden just life basically had changed. Um, in many cases, you know, some people will be saying that, hey, this is a, you know, horrible thing that you end up having happening to you. But I see that as more of a blessing because of the fact that during that time of rest, basically, <laughs> not able to work. <laughs> Yeah. There was a time that I was able to do some research in terms of how some of these, uh, you know, uh, cannabis plants are being uh, grown. I also learned it from the industry side of it, especially when you talk about medical marijuana. It's so highly regu- regulated compared to the CBD market that in terms of, I mean, obviously, these are all set based on the state regulation. But in terms of pedigree, how it's being grown, how it's extracted, what dosage forms are produ- produced. And everything else, and even just the genetic portion of these uh, plants, I end up having to learn it from the first hand, being, you know, in circle with the cannabis industry, and then having to take that bit of a knowledge that I actually had, and then growing it during the time when I was I was sick. I thought that was a blessing in, in itself. Uh, and um, right now, I am completely cleared of my Bartonella infection. Uh, I found I have a very good functional medicine doctor that, that I work with, and then our pharmacy ended up having to take care of her patients, but it's been working out very well uh, for me as a patient as well as a, as a pharmacist. Um, so, you know, long story short, I was getting uh, treated, got better. The biggest issue that I actually had was the anxiety and as well as the sleeplessness that I actually was ha- having from the, um, the aftermath of the Bartonella infection. So I was looking at different things, and uh, sure enough, timing is everything that <laughs> CBD was available. Started using dabbling on some of the CBD isolates. Uh, didn't find that to be very useful. And around December of 2016, that's when I was introduced to Imbiotanical, uh full-spectrum CBD. And I started carrying at my pharmacy, but even before I started doing that, I started to play around with the dosing for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a lot of trial and error I learned and, and it just worked out very well for me, made a huge difference in terms of my sleep quality, anxiety, and as well as the, some of the pain issue that I was having. Uh, so right now already three years in, exactly three years in, 
uh, we're having a very a vibrant practice in doing uh, CBD integrated with the compounding aspect of it. So we're just not just doing CBD alone. We're doing something called low-dose naltrexone, uh, where let, naltrexone actually has a very much of a complementary aspect with the CBD, because what naltrexone, which works with the endorphin system, helps to enhance the effectiveness of the CBD in the, in the cannabinoids. Uh, and this is actually being um, published a lot more, uh, as well as the fact that some of the patients actually having, you know, um, opiate uh, dependency issues, especially using methadone. Um, we're now seeing that mm. patients are able to get, get off of it completely uh, by, you know, helping with the patient's craving issues, but at the same time, getting the pain receptors, opiate receptors back in line using that naltrexone uh, helps to decrease inflammation and the pain issues. At the same time, naltrexone works with the toll-like receptors. Uh, and, and so it can be very, very helpful, uh, especially with the nerve and pain issues that patient might be having. So uh, we're, we're actually growing right now, especially integrating those two things together and just mm. patients getting phenomenal results. Uh, I mean, the CBD alone just end up having to change a lot of people's lives, mm. um, not just dealing with pain. I think that's the main factor that end up having to patient uh, or even just a CBD market has been kind of uh, geared toward. Maybe not, maybe maybe so, but I'm seeing that more in, in that sense of it. But there's a lot more application in that sense of it. Autoimmune disorders, uh, patients having a lot of the psychological anxiety issues, schizophrenia, um, depression is a big one that patients might be needing to use CBD, uh, and everything else that goes on. It's just right now for us at this point, it's just the tip of the iceberg that it's just not about CBD alone. And I end up having to lecture this all around that, you know, we have other 113 cannabinoids that's going to be available yes. as an isolate. You're talking about CBN, and CBG. I mean, those CBG especially, I mean, there's so much properties out there. Obviously, there's, the pricing issue is a big problem right now with extraction. But once the extraction science actually is getting better, in the sense of that price is going to go down and the patient, the patients are going to have better access and even clinicians are able to use different things within the cannabinoids to customize the whole therapy for the patients. Wow. So right in that whole little thing, in your intro, you covered a lot of information, which is great. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, it's good though. I mean, if you know, it's, so I'm, I want to go back a little bit. Um, so with the heart attack issue, right. right. Um, that was strictly brought on by that infection. I mean, there's well, no other factors. Well, I mean, there, because you look yeah. like a thin guy. So, I mean, you look like you're in shape. You look, and a lot of my patients, they always think that, you know, a heart attack just comes on and it happens, but they don't understand that it's a barrage of things that have happened over years, whether it be diet, whether it be an infection, whether it be um, certain traumas and like, you know, stress, they don't put the pieces together and we have to explain that to my patients. So people think it just happens like that. It's unexpected, but it's really, there's a lot going on in the background, as I'm sure you know. Um, and it's very interesting to see someone like, I'm looking at you, you look like someone that, you know, goes to the gym and knows what they're doing in terms of diet, health, um, even when it comes to, uh, drugs and pharmaceuticals. So it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear that and how you you basically cured yourself while working with, are you functional medicine, uh, excuse me, functional medicine doctor yourself? Um, do you, or do you practice that or do you work with someone? So I'm a doctor of pharmacy. Um, so I'm a pharmacist in training. Obviously, there's, I have no uh, legal rights to write a prescription. 
However, being that I have a functional medicine background, what I've been doing for the last 10 years is working with patients as well as physicians and providing consultation for patients, Great. especially right. dealing with functional medicine. Um, functional medicine, it's not taught in medical school. Um, we, I end up having to take extra training and as well as to, you know, following some of the clinicians around and then taking intensive um, methods in terms of building up my uh, knowledge base and what I have now. So uh, given said, uh, we have a lot of connections being that, uh, you know, the years of practice build up that repertoire and as well as having that network of physicians that we are able to work with that I had better resources compared to some other patients. Obviously, this is all luck um, and who you know. Uh, so I was able to get to the bottom line of the actual underlying issue rather than questioning in terms of, you know, what poor choices have I made in my life that led to this particular thing? You know, there's, there's a lot of things that had occurred. I mean, after the heart attack, I sat down in my house for, didn't do anything for seven days and just staring mm -hmm. at a wall. Wow. Like, what the heck did I do? Like, um, is it work related? Is it stress? You know, I, I, I even have a recent test result during that year. Having a clean bill of health, even just the cholesterol level was just right on point. But again, that's not always a scenario. So there's underlying issues is when you think about the health aspect of a person, any person, you have to look at it almost, almost like a, a a layer of soil or, or sediment for that matter. There's layers of layers of, of things that end up having to go onto a person's health that you're not even sure about. It could be genetic, uh, genetic, uh, environmental, mm -hmm. toxic, toxic, hidden infection that I just mentioned to you about. Uh, could be bad choices of um, food uh, in, ingesting uh, and everything else. And so just to say that, hey, because you have high cholesterol level is causing the heart attack, it doesn't tell you the whole truth. And the mm -hmm. whole thing nowadays, in terms of the whole uh, cholesterol buildup, even in terms of cardiovascular issues, they're connecting more in the sense of uh, inflammation as well as dealing with um, metabolic issues, just the old, mm -hmm. overall metabolic issues and dealing with insulin issues on top of the fact that um, glyc glycation process that's going on um, and also the, the breakdown of the lipids, right? You mm -hmm. can't be just focusing on just um, LDN alone, that L high LDN level is going to be causing heart attack. Yeah, there's a, a bit of truth in that sense of it, but are you looking at the breakdown of the old LDL? And the size so, of the particles, right? Size of the particle. This is something mm -hmm. that a lot of doctors, even cardiologists for that matter, end up having to miss. And, and um, there are, you know, advanced uh, cholesterol testings available, like a company called Singulex, uh, where it, it takes about four weeks to get your results back, but it breaks down every aspect in terms wow. of your right. potential yeah. uh, Singulex. It's S-I-N-G-U-L-E-X, Singulex. Perfect. Okay. Um, and so it gives you so much data out there in a sense of the risk factors, looking at testosterone, thyroid function, overall metabolic, insulin function for that matter, and it's able to predict it, whether you're going to actually have a cardiac issue or not. And so I found these things out after the heart attack. Now, just going back to the whole aspect of, um, you know, how it caused, you know, a particular issue like that happening to me, especially I'm in a you know, good shape. I watch what I eat. I end up having to supplement myself, um, you know, best as I can with the knowledge I have. But 
I didn't know I had an infection, right? And so you don't know that until you get to the bottom line in terms of what's causing the actual uh, issue. And that's where the functional medicine approach comes in. Mm-hmm. So the physician that I work with, she ended up having to say, you know, why don't you check if you have Lyme disease? And I'm just like, wow, that's no way I'm going to have that. So we got the blood test uh, results back in about four weeks. And some of the things astounding me was that I was positive for Bartonella infection. Mm. Bartonella is known to be cat scratch fever. And there, mm. uh, everybody have understand that, you know, unless you actually have, you know, particular cats scratching you or something on that line, you could get this infection. But that, that is not the case. The more finding out that Bartonella can be transmitted through not just ticks alone, but fleas, lice, could be transmitted through spiders. So any, any things, any uh, bug related is basically what's called vector-borne illness. Mm-hmm. It can be transmitted that way. And um, I have a, a past of being a Boy Scout for many years, and I was always in the summer camp. Um, you know, you don't have to have a bullseye to say that you're positive for tick uh, uh, mm-hmm. bite. But I could have gotten a um, lice or flea bite during that time. I mean, you're talking about camping and, and everywhere else you're going to and you're having all these bites when you come back from home and you don't know what kind of bite it is. It yeah, could be a spider or it could be something else. Um, and then uh, that's basically where probably had occurred and, and then I probably end up having to be harbored in my body for many, many years. And I, I'm quite sure stressed related to in terms of having those uh, bugs coming out and then causing a lot of issues. But at the same time, finding more about this particular bug called Bartonella, it can cause endothelial damage with the blood vessels. So yes. especially having a blood vessel damage going on, and you got to think about plaque buildup. The plaque buildup just doesn't happen because of high cholesterol level. There's some kind of underlying stress that went on into the uh, uh, blood vessel, just like the Bartonella infection I'm talking about, having endothelial damage, having additional plaques can build up to migrate and help to protect that area. And you're having additional inflammation, getting having to have a additional plaque buildup and calcification going on. And I had 85% blockage in my LED. Oh my god! That's the widow. That's the widowmaker, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy story. Uh, when I was actually at the hospital getting um, admitted to the ER, the cardiologist comes in. He was just like, you know, you have, you don't have a heart attack going on. You probably have um, your pericarditis, which is a common thing that occur mm-hmm. with, with the younger, uh, younger men. It's uh, signs of a heart attack, pretty much. Right. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did the echo, and I found that the left ventricle wasn't pumping correctly, and so oh it's like, there's something going on here. So he put me in a cath lab, and then lo and behold, <laughs> with the contest, <laughs> with a blockage going on, and um, I became the youngest patient to get a cath at Morristown Hospital. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So, see, that's that's so crazy to me. Uh, I mean, to see that and hear the story, because people only look like you. I'm glad you bought a cholesterol because a lot of people focus on that in terms of high cholesterol is a bad thing. So, because I have high cholesterol, I'm now going to take uh, cholesterol um, drugs that you know lower it. Which it's not really that cut and dry. There's a lot of other factors that go on, and I believe as many other people that inflammation. Chronic inflammation is one of the bigger components to all of that. Oh, by far. And, but, but it's not talked about because there's right. no, you know, there's no, um, I don't know. I think there's no drug people can make money off of for really on um, the infl- inflammation side because 
if you're sick, you're a patient, you create more money for the hospitals. It, it, you know, it's a business and I get it, but it's interesting for you to bring that up. That cholesterol is not the only factor creating a heart attack there. It's inflammation. There could be underlying diseases or causes, um, which and even stress and, and certain things in your life will turn on and turn off certain genetic codes, right? Whether, yes. you know, you, you break your hip, something happens there, maybe there's an infection that could turn on something or so suddenly now you have some sort of uh, bone issue other than just the break. So it's, it's, we're such a, um, a crazy machine as a human being that there's so many little processes going on in the background that, you know, that we don't even, you know, that we know a lot of them, but there's so many, it's crazy. Yes. But to hear, but to hear that story, I mean, it, it's, it's good because now people will hear this and go, well, oh, it's not just cholesterol. It, it's an abundant of, of a lot of different things together as a whole. You can't just focus on numbers. So that's good. I mean, that, and that's good. Well, you brought that up. Yeah. Um, and, and then inflammation again. So CBD itself, um, is anti-inflammatory. And again, I'm sure you're playing with the dosages and know what works well for you. Um, and I'm glad you also brought up the fact that full, uh, isolate itself, you really didn't feel much from, or really didn't see much of the benefit from the ISO of just CBD. Um, and then the full spectrum is really where you saw everything. Right. Because I tell patients that if you're going to get CBD, few things, make sure it's a reputable company where there's lab results, make sure it's full spectrum. Um, and make sure, you know, you know, really where it's coming from. You know, you don't buy it off Amazon right now. You know, there's a lot of companies trying to get in the yeah. market. It's, it's just crazy. Um, and everyone, go ahead. Uh, especially with the, uh, Amazon right now, they're selling hemp oil. Yeah, yeah. Hemp oil could be coming from the stalk and the leaves. I mean, you don't get any cannabinoids from there. I mean, that, that's the false information that a lot of people end up having to think that CBD is synonymous to hemp oil. It's not the same. Not correct. Uh, you know, when you when you smoke, when you see enough people smoking, they don't smoke the stalk of a hemp or or marijuana. They end up having to smoke the actual flower, flower mm -hmm. uh, and and especially the bud, when you call it. And it, even in terms of the extraction of the cannabinoids, it's not happening from the bud itself. It's happening from the um, trichomes. Mm -hmm. Trichomes are the portion where we end up having to see the all the uh, cannabinoid profile being extracted. And that's the things that are not being relayed out to you. And there's so many bad companies out there. It's scary. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that that's something that I end up having to for take in terms of um, just doing education alone. Um, and that's a big portion that I concentrate on. So we do monthly seminars for patients. That's and great. when patient when a patient comes in, I mean, we sell one brand, which is uh, Imbu Botanical. But even during that time, I'm like, hey, I could push this line to you. But even before you buy this, I want you to know everything aspect of going on with hemp, how is it grown, what, the, uh, what kind of extraction process the ideal, the doses, the dosage forms, et cetera. And then you decide if this is going to be right for you. Okay? Because mm -hmm. if you have the right information, you could pick and choose and determine, determine which companies are the, the bad ones and which are the good ones. Uh, and, and that's the many, many cases that I end up having to tell the patients that, hey, I have nothing to gain here. I'm going to give you free information and you could decide. And that actually helped out a lot in terms of mm -hmm. our CBD business in, in, just in dealing with patients as well as just having that particular model that we actually have. Because patients are coming in trusting um, uh, you know, our resource that we provide as well as education, but at the same time, you're giving them much more than that, right? You, you have to give more 
to receive. And that, that's, yes. this is the whole aspect that people don't understand. Uh, I like the whole sense of, you know, give, give, give. And then, you know, you end up having to ask, you know, to, you know, support or anything else that goes on. Uh, and so that's something that you end up having to do. You got you to do it out of love. You, you can't be just doing the these things out of the making profit and things like that. As long as you are passionate about what you do and enjoy what you do, it, when it shows, people end up having to notice that. And and when you show that love to pe- people with your passion, and that's when yes. you end up having to see a lot of results, positive results coming through. Oh, absolutely. Um, that is so true in, any, in many aspects, if not all aspects of life. I mean, the people can see through the BS and, and they know when you're coming uh, genuine, right? Uh, they know it, especially now with all the information on the web. They they could look up and you know from Google reviews, you know, to your practice or your pharmacy or your store. Everyone is is getting more and more transparent because people are 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 speaking about their experiences with that particular person or business or what have you. Um, what have you found to be the I guess the biggest issue people come in with? Um, as far as like what you, I guess, direct them to CBD or, or, you know, cause I know again, everyone's different, right. And really it's, it's really reducing the inflammation, which then helps pretty much everything else functioning in the background. Right. So do you talk to a lot of the people that come in about the inflammation process and chronic versus acute and, and how that affects their body typically? Uh, typically no, because of the fact okay. that everybody is different in the sense of uh, their needs. So depending on the patient, if a patient comes in with a chronic pain issue, then we'll talk about inflammation and everything else okay. that goes on. Uh, or let's just say a patient coming in nowadays, you know, getting CBD for purpose of just general health, right? That's mm-hmm. something a lot of people don't talk about. You could take a low-dose, full-spectrum CBD and get the best benefit possible for the money because of this endocannabinoid system is the master of all, all system. That's including controlling inflammation and a neurological function and everything else that goes in the body. And so there is a full benefit in using that. Um, so, you know, as a typical patient coming in, um, they end up having to come into the store. Obviously, we market, but majority of times it's word of mouth. And patients come in right. and end up having to be at the aisle where we actually have the CBD displayed. And they ask for pharmacists to come out, and I end up having to talk to them in person, or one of my pharmacists does. And the first question is, what are you trying to treat, and what is your goal? And depending okay. on that situation, depending on their answer, I'm able to, okay, talk about inflammation, or it could be end up having to selecting different types of uh, dosage forms of CBD, you know, either capsules or tinctures, or even topical for that matter. Uh, we've been using a lot of gummies now. Um, gummies have been pretty excellent, uh, pretty good in terms of the outcomes that we've been seeing, mm-hmm. um, as well as uh, vapes. And obviously, there's a lot of controversy with the vape issue, yes. but you know, we could talk about that later. Okay. Um, but depending on the need, I, I would end up having to choose different dosage forms and, and then able to customize the whole thing. So typical patient uh, comes in, let's just say, with the... Um, issues with fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. uh, I would end up having to address, uh, depending on the patient's size, and let's just say patient comes in, is about 200 pounds, uh, six-foot guy, I'll probably recommend a full-spectrum 25 milligrams from an botanical, um, and then I will recommend them apply their high-concentrated topical ointment and apply mm-hmm. it to the affected area about two to three times a day, 
and take the CBD capsule in the evening. And if they need an extra dose, they could probably purchase either a gummy and, and you take a low dose, about five to 10 milligrams during the day, or buy their tincture and just help with the breakthrough pain. So you, have a, you have a steady level of CBD in the body. And that's yeah. been the, 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 it worked pretty well for majority of patients. And obviously, there's certain patients who are not able to do that, uh, where it does require microdosing. A patient up having to take a higher dose in the evening, and they may end up have to taking, you know, five to ten milligrams, you know, throughout the day, maybe two to three times a day, just let yeah. that uh, ever to go. And one thing that patient has to expect that it does not kick in right away. And this is the, a lot of the misconception that actually happening that oh, you take CBD, it's going to take the pain away very quickly. Not the case at all. And it would end up having to take about you know good two to three weeks, sometimes on over over a month to see any results. And some patients may need a higher dose. I could I end up having to go up to as high as 100 milligrams of CBD caps uh, of a 25 milligrams. So taking four capsules a day just to knock that pain down and inflammation down as quick as I possibly can, and then having to give a, give them a lower dose and that and give them a steady uh, maintenance dose to get them through. Um, so mm -hmm. this is like the common thing that I see with full spectrum, and that's the beauty of the full spectrum, is that it caused, it ended up having to help create this balance within the body, and as a result, you don't need a higher dose later on to maintain it. Like for instance, for me, I had a very much of, like I said, anxiety and sleep problem, where it required me to take uh, 20 milligrams, then after about a year or so, I noticed that I don't need that high of a dose. I could just maintain the same mm -hmm. efficacy by taking 10 milligrams. And then now I'm only down to five milligrams just to maintain it. So that's the beauty of the full spectrum that it creates a balance and harmony. Mm -hmm. And once that actually occurred, you could actually get a steady level by taking a lower dose. Because um, you have the entourage effect, right? And then uh, because you have all the different cannabinoids working together as one, um, in, in a sense, and then if you have like CBD ISO, um, it, it doesn't it basically uh, uh, upregulate, right? So you need more and more and more, and then eventually it's like it doesn't even really do anything for you. Yeah. So there is a pharmacokinetic study. I could probably end up having to forward to you later. There's a pharmacokinetic study uh, that actually compares both the isolate and then the full spectrum. And then the issue with the isolate is that. When you look at the dosing curve, and this is where the whole pharmacokinetic actually profile ended up coming in. And for listeners who don't know about pharmacokinetic, is pharmacokinetic deals with how soon or how the doses will end up having to be effective or not effective for certain patients. And basically, it's a dosing chart that you end up having to look at. So, especially when you look at a CBD isolate, it is a um, bell curve shape. And so if you look okay. at a bell curve, if you, if you draw the bell curve, depending on the outlier, you could be either non-efficacious or having severe side effects. And you got to be in the middle just to get the same effect of what you need. And the okay. biggest issue you end up having to see is that patients end up having to not, uh, may end up having to have an issue where uh, either they hit a bullseye with the dosing they could end up mm -hmm. having to tolerate or they're having severe side effects. And that's what you end up having to see a lot of cases where toxicity, high levels of toxicity can occur with yes. high doses of CBD isolate alone. And this is something then studied by GW Pharma. And this is the main reason why uh, you know, 
people enough to be scared of liver toxicity or uh, something else. And obviously those were done in an animal model and you cannot yeah. translate that to in humans, but still we have a data in that sense of it. There's also uh, issue with CBD isolate where it ended up having to inhibit the cytochrome people 50 where it inhibits drug metabolism. Now that, that, that could be, um, again, uh, mm -hmm. looked at in an animal, animal model or even just looking at it within the, um, in vitro studies, and so it's just the data alone, but you could still end up having to take that data and extrapolate it. And you could, you have to mm -hmm. safely recommend, you know, to patients that, hey, there could be potential side effects or drug interactions with taking some of the drugs that are going to compete with the cytochrome P450, especially the 3A4 enzyme. You're talking about, you know, um, uh, statin drugs, uh, some of the dotiazem, uh, even um, common drugs like Plavix, where People who actually had heart attack, they need to take these drugs to get the uh, you know blood thinned out. But when you have potential drug interaction, Plavix may not work that well, even warfarin for that matter. And so there's a lot yeah. of potential issues, but it's all depending on the dose of the uh, the isolate. They talk about CBD isolate, but also at the same time, the dose is also determinant. High doses can cause more issues in terms of uh, drug inhibition. Now, now, is going, that strictly with ISO, or can that be also with full spectrum as well? So that that's the that's the biggest question that I end up having to see. A lot of studies that's actually out right now with the drug interactions dealing with CBD isolates, and I've seen drug interaction issues with full spectrum also. Now, I to personally to tell you the truth, um, in terms of the full spectrum, and this actually goes hand to hand in terms of the extraction science. And, and uh, you have to compare in terms of which extraction is the best in terms of producing the right full spectrum product is that as a clinician so far, and even in terms of the studies that I've seen, they haven't really, studies so far, they haven't really looked at in terms of the cold extraction, cold extracted full spectrum CBD. And the in botanical products that we carry at our pharmacy is a cold ethanol extracted full spectrum CBD oil. Mm. And especially with the... Uh, uh, cold ethanol extraction, it causes the winterization of the uh, cannabis oil. So it, and also with the whole cold temperature, is able to keep the terpenes intact, the fatty acids, as well as the older 113 cannabinoids to be fully uh, viable. And so in terms of creating that uh, full spectrum uh, activity, the entourage effect, and even in terms yeah. of create uh, potentially having that issue with drug interaction is much, much less. Mm -hmm. uh, so I haven't seen any drug interaction issues from that. And I could end up having to say that, that I have a patient who has HIV, has been taking three to four drugs, okay. taking 25 milligrams of CBD uh, from MBO, haven't had any issues. Now, that's a case-by-case -case scenario. I'm not yes. guaranteeing that's not going to cause anything. But then in terms of the safety profiles, much, much less with the right extraction behind it. And that's the thing that I end up having to say, if you're mm. going to buy anything, you have to get the ethanol extracted C full spectrum CBD. In terms of CO2 extraction, either supercritical or um, other CO2 extraction processes, the issue with that is in terms of the, I mean, you, you could do supercritical actually having low temperature extraction process, but still there's a phase change that goes on from gas to liquid, etc., And that phase change can actually change the whole terpene profile, either destroying it or uh, end up having to 
um, you know, alter everything else that goes in with the way that the plant's actually doing. And so the CO2 extraction, although it is good, it is needed, but it's too mm. clean of a process into extracting it. If you're going to do CO2 extraction, I would put that more for isolates okay. in, in, in extracting it. Um, so, you know, any company that ends up having to say, oh, CO2 extraction is the best. Uh, are you really looking at the extraction signs properly? And that, that's yeah, the thing. Really and true. so uh, even in terms of uh, this couple of websites I could probably uh, name later, uh, when they compare CO2 extraction, the first thing they end up to say is, what are you trying to produce? What are you trying to produce right now? Are you trying to produce a, a, a high-quality, full-spectrum CBD oil? Then go with the uh, cold ethanol extraction. If you're going to do uh, isolate extraction, then go with the CO2 extraction. So that, that's uh, where the whole difference in that sense of it. Uh, and that this is something that a lot of uh, companies don't talk about. Uh, this is the main thing that in Botanical, uh, the company I deal with, um, end up having to give information to their buyers that there are different extraction processes. Absolutely. And this is the gold, gold standard, especially at, um, ethanol extraction is the original RSO method, Rick Simpson. He's, wow. he's, the, he's the father of all yeah. <laughs> extraction. Now, obviously, he did, the, he did that on THC, um, um, THC, and then having to help a lot of patients with um, skin, skin cancer. Mm-hmm. But he's the forefather of actually extraction behind the whole ethanol extraction. It's very interesting because when I uh, was dabbling with my company for a little while within the CBD realm, I only was looking for, uh, for organic uh, ethanol extraction. Right. Right. And I've noticed, I've had people, customers, patients, whoever, when I had that product and they're like, I can't believe how well this works compared to other stuff I've tried in the past. So there definitely is, I don't want to say better, but I guess it, it works better with the body um, from all the information you just relayed on to us. Right. And I, I, some companies will give you the whole pitch where, oh, we don't do the ethanol, organic ethanol extraction um, because you're using uh, ethanol uh, and it's not uh, good for you, and it's it, and, but I think it's more expensive. It's much more expensive, and that's why they shy away from it because CO2 is less expensive, cheaper to do. Um, and again, I'm not saying those products aren't great, but like you said, it's all about what you're trying to achieve. Are you trying no. to get the ISO or are you trying to get the full spectrum? So that's very interesting, and I'm glad you brought that up because people need to know that, and you really need to understand that process. Oh yeah, that could change the product by itself. Um, Absolutely. And also, it's it's interesting you brought up the gummies. Um, now I know gummies work and help people. My problem with the gummies is that every gummy out there has sugar in it, every single one, and it it bothers me. It's not maybe if you're taking it once in a while, right? But what about the people that, like you said? need to microdose, right? So say you have a gummy you're taking, you need 100 um, or, or even do 100 milligrams a day. We're taking four gummies, that's 25 milligrams of gummy a day to get 100 milligrams. You're getting additional 10, maybe 15 grams of sugar a day on top of whatever else you're eating. So as you know, sugar is proponent to increase inflammation. So people have pain or taking the CBD to get rid of the pain. Now they're adding more sugar to their diet, which is keeping them in an inflammatory state. It's kind of crazy to me. So it's like, there's, I'm surprised no company has brought out a gummy that is maybe sweetened with stevia or fruit juices or even like, even not just sugar itself. I, mean, I don't even know. I don't want to say sucralose because that's not the greatest for you, but something other than 
to keep the inflammatory markers up. Right. That could be one of the things that patients have to say, um, that they don't want to take the gummy because of sugar, which is fine. Um, it, 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 there's a, always a place in time in terms of certain dosage forms are used and not used. And the way that I end up having to use for gummies is it's just a better alternative for patients who are getting a quicker onset of uh, action they need and it be, be easier. So I have one patient who's, has, um, who's elderly, has trouble swallowing pills to begin with, um, and and um, she doesn't want it, and she has dexterity issues, so she cannot use the tincture oh, okay. either. Mm-hmm. So those are the scenarios we end up having to use in that system. Now the biggest issue with the gummies right now is that one, there's no standardization how the gummies should be made. Correct. A, a lot of times they use gelatin, so mm-hmm. dietary issues could big big one, or um, you know, and everything else that goes on. And at the same time. A lot of the gummies out there right now, those are CBD isolates. So some of the companies, instead of infusing the CBD into the gummy, they end up having to spray the CBD yeah. onto the gummy itself. So are you getting a package full of sugar to begin with, or are you getting real CBD? And this is something that I, they don't talk about either. So I'm just like, what are you taking? What are you trying to get out of this? It's just, so yeah. what Imbu Botanical, it, that, this company that I deal with, again, it took them a while to actually produce it. But the one thing that they actually done is they actually infuse a full spectrum CBD they actually have into the gummy itself. And so it works phenomenal. Now, there's a bit of that aftertaste from the hemp itself, but very not much noticeable. But you know that there's a full spectrum oil by ingesting it. Mm. You should have that bit of the hemp taste. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I also f- figured out, too, by trying different brands, um, even when I brought my own brand in, that... I've noticed that even if you hold it for like 90 seconds under your tongue, if it's a yeah. quality product, there shouldn't be much left to swallow. It should really absorb. And I found that like there's some brands that I always have um, some residue left under my tongue. And some companies are just, it's gone because yeah. it, it absorbs right into the blood vessels. It, it does. It's, it's crazy. That's the, that's the beauty of it. So Imbio Botanical, for their tincture, uh, what they had done was instead of using MCT oil or olive oil or, or that matter, they end up having to utilize uh, glycerin from the pygmy palm fruit. Oh, wow. Uh, so it, it's obviously the solution is a little thicker. But the, the reason that they had done that is because, um, one, the, is from the palm fruit is sustainably grown. So people don't have to lecture me about that. Oh, you're going to hurt the environment. All right, sustainably grown. But the beauty about it is that the, the actual pygmy palm fruit Glycerin actually has a natural occurring sugar to begin with mm-hmm. that able to bind to the CBD very well. And because it, because sugar tends to break down faster than fat, you get a quicker absorption within the mucosal route. Oh, wow. So especially okay. for microdosing purposes, works phenomenal. Um, so that's w- what I've been um, recommending a, uh, a lot cases for patients who are needing microdosing or quick, needing a quick onset for especially for anxiety issues. Um, so that's really a well-made product. And what they had done is they end up having to um, uh, blend the actual CBD oil with the glycerin very well in a proprietary manner. Um, yeah. So first thing you, need, you notice when you ingest it is that it has that bit of a sweet taste. You don't actually have any hemp, hemp taste to begin with. Um, so, uh, so there's a one uh, bar right now. They, they started buying our CBD from our pharmacy and then adding into their cocktail. 
Oh, really? <laughs> because of that sweet base. So they end up having to add into uh, their cocktail to begin That's with. So, so funny. It, it is funny. Um, CBD is everywhere, man. It's CBD's crazy. CBD is everywhere. Yeah. CBD is everywhere. everywhere. And obviously, there's some uh, issue with, right now with the FDA adding CBD into food. Uh, but, you know, more and more, uh, it's, this is just a trend where it's going to go. I don't think they're going to be able to stop it. But uh, this is where the trend is actually adding that. It's going to see CBD everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the scary part, too, where um, they're putting CBD on everything, especially like they're going to put CBD in shampoos now, yep. CBD candles. It's, I'm like, what, really? Candles? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's all over the place. I saw someone put CBD into his pillowcase. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, God. <laughs> I finally saw our first uh, down here in Florida. So I finally saw our first billboard with the CBD company on it. So it, it's how fast this market has grown. Similar to the cannabis market itself. It's the next gold rush. Everyone's trying to get a piece. You know, you're going to companies come and go. I, I, you know, I find it very interesting. Where, where do you since you kind of have your finger on the pulse of everything? Where do you see not only the CBD market? Right. But where do you see even like the cannabis market going as far as from a legality standpoint, um, as far as I mean, you're going to I'm sure you're going to have like shops opening up because there's 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 just CBD stores now. That's how every kind of CBD product under the sun, which is which is I think is, is strange because I mean, how many different CBD things can you have in one place? How many different brands are you going to carry? You know, it, it's 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 interesting because that's all you have in the store is CBD products. Right. Um, I think that I think the trend may end up having to uh, any market, uh, any business cycle, any any market for that matter. There's going to be a downtime in terms of this whole CBD thing. Um, the reason I actually mentioned that right now is one regulation is going to be very very strict pretty soon, um, mm-hmm. and and once the FTA end up having to put a stamp down in terms of what they would require, what 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 could be sold and how. And for that matter, it could be requiring certain licensures or, yes. uh, uh, you know, uh, credentials in order to even hem- hem- sell hemp. Um, so there could be a time where the markets may end up having to shrink a little bit. But at the same time, the reason that you're saying that sh- the market is also sh- going to shrink is because of the fact that there's such an influx right now with the biomass. As a result, the price of the CBD is going to drop down in, in, uh, drop down pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and that's going to also cause a hurt in the market because of the fact that now the margin is going down, right? There's also the sense of in terms of these hemp farmers being hurt at this point as well because of the fact that everybody decided to get into it without having the proper knowledge in terms of how to grow, how to market, or even in terms of thinking about distribution. Uh, so a lot of these hemp farmers are being hurt at this point in time, uh, and so there could be a negative uh, you know, issue that's going to happen within the market probably next year or so. So that's one aspect of it. Second, the way that the market is trending at this point, I think uh, I might get a lot of flack for this, but I, CBD isolates might be completely banned because of a patent issue. Um, mm. you know, I, I think uh, um, Bavon actually ended up having to um, ended up having to mention something that's on a on his uh, post on a great CBD review. Uh, and uh, he says he hope it isn't. But what I'm seeing right now, we're even just talking to some of the industry people that it may end up having to come to a point that CBD isolates are not going to be available for sale or for that matter, it's going to be banned completely. Uh, so wow. 
what's going to available is the full spectrum CBD. Um, so that that's full. I'm sorry, full spectrum and pro spectrum CBD that's going to be available for the market to uh, have. And the third trend is that all vaping uh, is going to be completely uh, be illegal to be available for sale. So in terms of vape pens, uh, I think that's actually happening because of the whole um, the vaping issue that actually occurred and patient getting hurt. And obviously these people are buying things off the street for that matter. Yes. But as you know, politicians like to have a say in this that they're going to just lump everything up. <laughs> happens all the exactly. time. Everything's generalized. Yeah. yeah, everything's generalized. Oh, you know, something happened to happen here? Well, I'm going to just generalize the whole thing and then just push it out. And that's what's going to happen. Um, so, so wait, what was the issue with the vaping? Was it was like what vitamin E oil people were ingesting? It was coating the lungs over a period of time, and that that was the breathing issue. Vitamin I, E was one aspect of it. I mean, that that that's what they are trying to uh, point fingers at it. But also, when you talk about you know these the 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 cannabis oil, even CBD oil for that matter, you need it's so thick to begin with. So you you require some kind of uh, cutting agent to cut it. So butane, propyl glycol. Um, those things already has been shown to cause lung damage to begin with. And these are the things that people buy and having all these, um, you know, cancerous materials or even uh, toxins having there. And especially when you're talking about heat causing volatility of these uh, gases to begin with. And yeah. so that's where you end up having to see a lot of problems. Um, so, you know, when you see a good company that making, you know, the right, vape products you should only have a full spectrum oil and terpenes in there um, and you should freely able to uh, you know use as a cartridge means to actually burn it and smoke it i mean that that could be that's available right now in the good companies what's the carrier like that they use to suspend you know for, for the vaping it's just terpenes terpenes and just full spectrum oil that's what it should wow. be uh, you know, that's what Imbu Botanical does. Um, who is it? Um, there's the guy named Young Jin. He has uh, Alibar and Alibar Wellness. They use, um, you know, terpenes and then, and then the, you know, broad spectrum oil. And that's what he does. He doesn't use any cutters, um, either. So sure. when you buy a good company and, and I'm not endorsing for that matter, you need to vape to get the full, full effect of it. And obviously there's always place and time in terms of using vapes that you need to find a reputable company that using the right formula. And obviously you want to get everything tested as well. So Imbu Botanical for that matter, they actually put a lot of money into doing seven different quality assurance testing, looking at terpenes, cannabinoid profiles, heavy metal. They even do soil testing, tissue sampling on the plant itself, wow. uh, microtoxin, salmonella, E. coli, uh, everything else and and all the test results are on their website and this is something that i end up having to get really annoyed with some of the uh cbd companies that when you go to their website their market is saying that hey we actually test our products and then when you pull up their test results all you see is just one test results with the potency that's fine but the test results was done a year ago are you yes. doing and i'm questioning you selling so much products so you're gonna have turnover of these products but all those each batch is being tested, or you're just plainly saying, "Oh, here it is. It's just a piece of paper." And this is this is the thing that people don't understand. You need to actually have these test results readily available and be completely transparent for you to see anytime, anywhere. 
So like Imbu Botanical actually has a QR code on the back, you scan it, and each batch they uh, had produced, test results will be available for you to pull either a buyer or non-buyers are able to look at the test results and find out that it's the right product. You need to have that transparency. And this is something that a lot of companies don't want to do because of the fact that one is very costly. Yes. It, it really is. Um, it, it's very, I, I cannot, I don't know what the price is, but it, it is very well, costly. I'm thinking about it as you're telling me of what that would cost when I was getting my company together, to have the QR codes to have every test to have, you know, you know, we had tests, but to have every from microtoxins to soil, like all those different things. Oh my God. You I mean, you, you really have to have a production behind you to get that done. Yeah. Companies don't want to do it. Don't want to do that. Um, and it, it, it's a cringing moment that uh, the companies don't do it because of the fact that now I got to sell it. And on top of the fact that when I'm doing compounding and I have patients who are coming in with already mycotoxin issues, uh, heavy metal problems, et cetera, I cannot have a product out there on the shelf to be sold like that and that having to causing more harm for the patient and having problems later on. I, especially when you're dealing with vector-borne illness with Lyme disease, some of these patients actually have underlying toxicity issues they cannot take care of, especially heavy metal yeah. you're talking about right now. So if you cannot get that heavy metal out to begin with, or let's just say the doctors already had done the work and just getting the toxicity level down, also the patient actually comes back and say, hey, my heavy metal content has gone up, what's, what's going on? And they're having to pinpoint to my CBD product, that's not good either. No, so, not at all. No, so even in terms of the vitamins that we carry at the pharmacy, we end up having to always check for uh, C of A's or any third-party testing that's available, and especially with this uh, CBD right now, um, uh, I, I was, uh, you know, very forefront in terms of picking the right company that does all the testing. And I think that kind of goes into well in terms of my educational background, especially when you're talking about sterile and non-sterile compounding, especially sterile compounding. We had to do a lot of testing on the batches even before we ended up to uh, dispense it. Or obviously one or two one or two compounds you end up to make is, you know, as long as you follow a good manufacturing process and all the sterility method that you end up to do is it should be enough. But nowadays requires even more testing in that sense of it. So having that mindset of testing and quality and, and what I need to know about a particular product and having to translate that into the CBD, mm-hmm. it's been a very easy thing for me to know and, and um, you know, vetting certain companies out and, and working with, you know, one particular company that I'm able to trust. It's been very important. That's great. And it's interesting, too. My other, my other thing I'm always curious about with these companies, and you made a good point about the, the one lab report or that one piece of paper that they're holding and putting it together for all their batches, right? Well, how often these companies flipping product? How often are they getting it in? Are they still selling the same product, what, uh, for a year, right? So then it begs the question, is there a shelf life for, for a, t- a tincture? I mean, and do, do we know what that is? I mean, do you have any inkling to what that is, if there is one? Because I'm not really sure myself. I, you know, the one, that, one thing that Imbio does is they end up having to give them a two-year shelf life from the moment that was uh, produced. Okay. Yeah, so that's a good. I so, guess it's a good uh, measure to run by. It, it, yeah, and I don't have any products on the shelf, that much anyway. So I, I end up having to flip the products very quickly. Um, and then. Um, well, you yeah. yourself do that, but I'm saying, let's say you, not this company in particular. Let's say X Y Z Joe's CBD company, right? Mm-hmm. How often? Because they're distributing to multiple stores online. 
how often are they flipping that batch? Let's say they have a, uh, let's say they have a thousand gallons or whatever it may be. How often are they getting rid of that and getting new? How long has that been sitting in their warehouse for? You know, like that's, know. that's, that's crazy too. You got to think about like that. Um, and companies that are holding it for that long and having that same lab report, you know, like you said, for a year, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, um, it is. It is. Do you know, I mean, I know it's almost about an hour, probably, yeah. um, you got some stuff. I, I think we could talk for another hour for that matter. Yeah. I mean, we could um, probably just part two later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's do this. Let, um, since you got to go, I got to go. How can people find out more about you and what you're doing? What's your Instagram and all those kinds of things? Sure. Um, obviously, I'm going to send you the links to the Instagram, but uh, Instagram is dr.john.farmd. It's P-H-A-R-M-D. So you can follow me on Instagram. I give a lot of information about CBD and how it is used and, and everything else goes on. I do a lot of uh, video uh, instructions as well. Uh, in terms of the pharmacy that I own, uh, the pharmacy website is www.robinsondrugshop.com. It's R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N-D-R-U-G-S-H-O-P.com. Um, right. So you can reach out to me at any time. And my... Um, like I said, my pharmacy phone number is 973-543-2525. And then uh, email just is john at robinsondrugshop.com. So you could reach out to me anytime, any questions, I'll be um, you know, happy to answer. And awesome. uh, if I cannot, I'll do my research and then get back to you. Great. So, I, mean, I appreciate your time. I know you got to run. Thank uh, you. We'll, we'll do another part two. Maybe we'll, we'll concentrate on other things as well. Um, uh, not, just, not just CBD, but other compounds and different things. Because there's a lot of things people aren't being educated about. And I think you could help them regarding all different kinds of drugs and how they're taken, how other drugs affect other things. Yeah. And I think the, I, I think you and I are actually in a, in a very unique position where you're able, we're able to integrate the functional medicine and end up having to envelope that into CBD, that we have a full body approach instead of just looking yeah. at CBD alone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It really I is. That's, that's the biggest difference between some of these uh, uh, people that end up having to market CBD and not knowing a lot of aspect of how CBD can be interacting in certain receptors, certain body, and, and et cetera. Uh, so I think we have a, a very good uh, platform and educational background that we could bring a lot of um, solutions to a lot of people. Yeah, 100% agree with you. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get more into that, though. I mean, yeah. part, part two. All right, man. Absolutely. Have a great, great day. I appreciate your time. Talk Thank to you, you. soon. Thanks everyone for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Brainstorm Podcast. If you have any thoughts, feelings, or concerns, feel free to hit me up at DocRube24 on Instagram. Until then, stay positive, be humble, and be happy.